Welcome to Off Screen. Let's get cinematic. I'm Van Connor. And I'm Bex Perfect. And this is your seven day guide to everything movies. Boom. Ah, it's always fun to be back on the couch with you. Well, the metaphorical couch, of course, Bex, because obviously, in respect of certain pandemic procedures, we we do record this by remote. But of course, you know, just because the pandemics have shut the cinemas down does not mean there are not movies, as we uh, are well versed. So we've got movies on digital, we've got movies on freeview, we've got movies on DVD, movies on streaming. There's movies all round, really, isn't there? There is, and even to add to that, tonight I'm going back to my second drive-in movie. I'm going to go and watch The Goonies, my favourite movie of all time. I know you've been really looking forward to that. Was it Jurassic Park that I believe you saw? Was that last week? Yeah, that was last week. It did rain. I had to watch it through windscreen wipers. <laughs> Today, I'm hoping for maybe some cloud, but it's okay. Maybe I can put the roof down on my convertible. That would be nice. Well, that's funny you say that, because obviously I drive a convertible and I wanted to go to the secret cinema driving, but one of their terms and conditions was that convertibles couldn't have their roofs down. What? Begging the question, why in the middle of the summer would you impose that limitation on an outdoor film event? It just seems ludicrous, doesn't it? It does. That's why I only watch it at the Lunar Cinema, which is not only easy to drive to, uh, really cheap, but also they have no restrictions on convertibles, so I can't wait. And who are in no way paying us any advertising rates for this. We should stress that up front. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's let's talk then about our first uh, on digital release for the week. And, uh, oh, my God, are we starting strong, Bex. Oh, good. Boy, are we starting strong. So this is Clemency. Now, you you might have heard of this because this has been around a fair while. So this made its debut at Sundance in January 2019. It premiered in US cinemas in December 2019, round about the point that the Oscar screeners went out for the year, which included this film, and uh, it's now getting its UK release finally. Funnily enough, in the middle of a pandemic, well, towards the tail end of a pandemic lockdown, if the news is to be believed, and uh, this stars uh, uh, Alfred Woodard. It stars Aldis Hodge, you might remember as the yep. uh, the best friend slash cop from from The Invisible Man, and uh, it is the story of Bernadine Williams. She is a prison warden, and she's uh, she's she's very tired of you know having to emotionally you know psychologically live through the execution of all of her inmates. This takes a toll when uh, one of the executions goes wrong, she starts this starts, this starts an unraveling within her, particularly as they near the execution of another inmate, Anthony Woods, who's played by Aldous Hodge, who is sort of a renowned inmate. He's known for the execution of a police officer, and uh, he maintains his innocence. She has something of a, of a difficult relationship with him. She's very by the book. A lot of his lawyers and a lot of the staff are very much on his side, very supportive of him, and this creates something of a divide there. This is also taking a strain on her marriage to a school teacher played by Wendell Pierce, which makes me very, very happy. And, and of course, his lawyer is played by Richard Schiff, who, ha- who maintains his client's innocence and is trying only to, to come up with the best possible defense for his client. You know, for the past seven years, you've blocked every single attempt I've made to try to get him to be treated like a human being. You're going to kill him. Is not enough? I have treated him like a human being every step of the way. Is that my job to bypass the rules to accommodate your special request? Special request. How is it a special request? Open the gates, please. I'd like to leave now. I have to maintain order and safety in this prison. I got over a thousand bodies that I have to ensure are safe and accounted for. It's hard enough without you complicating things. What you have to do is protect yourself now that this place is under fire since you botched the last 
execution. You know what? You mentioned that this went out with all the Oscars screeners, and I'm wondering how it kind of mm. fell by the wayside on this. I absolutely could not tell you. Now, I mean, there is a very cynical correlation I could draw. Um, if I just say the word Selma, you can probably take an educated guess at to what I am referring. I thought you might go down that route, which is why I wanted to ask the question. Is it is it along those mm. lines? Are we seeing another filmatic injustice? Well, this is the interesting thing. First of all, this is written and directed by Chinonye Chukwu, who took home the uh, the Grand Jury Prize at Sundance for Best U.S. Drama for this. Now, she was the first African-American American woman, the first black woman, to do that. So there is something of an imp- impressive pedigree at work with this. Alfred Woodard, who you know remains impressive, remains strangely ageless as well, because I'm trying to figure out how old she must be, because I've been watching her since Scrooged in 1988, when she played Grace, and Star Trek First Contact was 1996 and you said like i've been watching this woman for what feels like most of my life and she doesn't seem to have aged a day she's always been terrific she is absolutely spellbinding here it is a powerful performance it is volatile it is vulnerable it is a powder keg of emotional and psychological pressure but having said that i think there's an amazing supporting cast as well all of whom back alfred wooded and also back the equally impressive oldest hodge who i think is really emerging into something of a great character actor himself after things like the invisible man after things like hidden figures uh, after straight out even a small supporting role straight out of compton supporting cast including richard schiff la monica garrett wendell pierce it is a genuinely tremendous film i think this would have been a seriously strong contender for best actress had the had the academy considered it which i cannot fathom as to why they didn't although i could take a very cynical guess well there we go a strong recommendation from van on that one how many thumbs did you give it Two, two very strong hearty thumbs on that one. There we go. We had a little bit of a down week last week on those on digital releases and it's great to see we're back up to strong, stellar movie making once again. So that's Clemency. That's on digital from Friday, 17th of July. And that is obviously today. So <laughs> make sure you guys, guys check that out. And next up, we've also got Come As You Are. Another one that I know before we came on air, Van, you were saying is really good. It is really good. I'm just going to say straight off the bat, the title of this does not refer to the Nirvana song. This is in no way a Kurt Cobain biopic. This is, however, a remake of a 2011 Belgian dramedy called Hasta la Vista, which was then retitled Come As You Are. So uh, the remake has then gone with that title. This, like The Upside, is then the second dramedy to deal with the physically disabled in two years that also serves as a a foreign language remake. So this, and let's not talk too much about the title for Ofcom reasons, because the story involves three distinct in different way, disabled 20-something American men who go on a road trip to a brothel in Montreal that specializes in servicing people with very specific physical needs. Yeah, it's my parents. Take mine out, will you? Where, what happened? Where is it? It's, uh, it's in the pouch. Dude, it's your mom, too. Toss it. What? Seriously, toss it out the window. They can track us. It's the cost of freedom. Do it. Mo, you too. Did he just throw his phone out? Mo, yeah. Did he throw my phone Mo, out? throw Mo, it. Throw your phone out. My mom no, knows man. you. She knows it's your mom. Toss it. They can track us now. Do it. What was that? It's my SIM card. I threw out my SIM card. Oh, that's a better idea. So stupid. I quite like that. Oh, yeah, so much of a better idea to throw out your SIM card. It is. It makes so much more sense. <laughs> <not a> corruption. <laughs> this sounds 
sounds like a good <laughs> right. bit of fun. This is really, really good fun. I cannot understand how this didn't have more hype around it. Now, on the one hand, it's a quite a broad, you know, kind of a crass slapstick sex comedy. You know, sort of a bro comedy. It's got something of a Silicon Valley kind of a tone to it. If you've seen HBO Silicon Valley, but it's been made with proper indie stylings, uh, written, directed by uh, Richard Wong. Um, this adaptation, written for the screen by, I think it's uh, Eric Linthorst, um, who sadly can't take credit for the title because that would have been a real feather in his cap. Um, to be honest, if you're going to deny a potential future Nirvana biopic the use of this title, I'm glad it's uh, you know in the favour of a movie with with this concept, a concept which uh, is awfully close to uh, a tale that Jim Jeffries tells a lot about one of his friends. The central trio are really likable. Uh, Grant Rosenmeier, play, who you can hear more, most prominently in that clip, is the obvious, most immediate uh, scene stealer. Uh, G- um, Gibori Sidibe, who you might remember from Precious. Oh, and- yes. Oh my God, she's brilliant. She is really good. She's sort of their handler. She dri- She's their driver for this trip in a sort of handy, capable van. How has she not been... Uh, G- Gabriel Sidibe was, like, the hottest person out there when, when uh, that movie came out. How has she kind of slipped off the radar? She's so unique and brilliant, and she's a fantastic actress. I, I can't believe we haven't seen her till now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and to be fair, this is a good vehicle for her. She starts out playing kind of the straight man, albeit sort of repurposed as sort of, you know, sarcastic, you know, sli- you know uh, slightly dumbfounded, sassy woman. Uh, she goes on to become almost the heart and soul of the whole thing. I thought she was genuinely brilliant in this. Um, it goes really playful with its, with its underdog credibilities, but it does have a lot of heart behind it. I was really, really won over by it. There's also a sort of blockers element with the parents sort of chasing them and trying to, trying to stop them. Them. Uh, they're played here by Janine Garofalo, who's one of the mums, and C.S. Lee from Dexter, uh, Masuka, Vince Masuka from Dexter, is one of the dads. Really, really great movie. Can't recommend highly enough. Sold. I'm absolutely sold. This is going to be on my list for this weekend. So there we go. I'm assuming you're giving another two thumbs up for this. Two rousing thumbs from me, absolutely. Fantastic. So you've got two great choices here on your on-digital offerings from today. So you've got clemency and come as you are. Depending which way you want to go, you might want to go really serious or really funny. It's completely up to you. But coming up next, we've got some movies on TV. And we're back, and this time we are keeping you on your couch, but with the movies that you can catch on your telly box. So we've got an amazing selection to cover you from Saturday through till the next Friday. You're never going to be bored because we're going to have an incredible selection of all of the top movies that you can watch for free. And we're going to kick off with what I have to say is one of my favourite films of the last few years. It did so well at the Oscars when it came out. It was an Oscar-winning performance from Frances McDormand. It's got the longest title ever. It's three billboards outside (laughs) Ebbing, Missouri. It's on Channel 4, 9.15 p.m. I mean, Van, you and I both love this movie, don't we? Was this our first Oscar night together when this won? Because we've done, I think, three Oscar nights together, and I think this was the very first or the second one. It feels like 2017 would be quite a long time ago for this movie, but maybe, Mm. maybe, maybe it was a year after. I think it's an amazing movie, this. This was uh, Martin McDonough, who had brought us, prior to this, had brought us In Bruges yep. and Seven Psychopaths, both of which I, I think is really good. He has a, a brother, his brother is also a, a director. I'm not sure, one of them did uh, The Guard, the Irish one with... Oh, uh, I love The Guard, yeah. yeah. Brandon Gleeson and, and, yeah. and Don Cheadle. Um, this, I think, is, is a world unto itself. This is a lot darker than even In Bruges got. In Bruges mm. was particularly grim. Uh, so this is Francis McDormand as the mother infuriated... 
by the lack of progress in the police investigation of her murdered and raped daughter, who hires three billboards just outside Ebbing, Missouri, hence the clever title, uh, to basically goad the police, who are led by a sheriff, played by Woody Harrelson, and his racist deputy, Sam Rockwell. And this just kickstarts a chain of events that all spiral very quickly out of control. Hey there, Mildred. You didn't happen to pay a visit to the dentist today, did you? No. Huh? I said no. Oh, so it wasn't you who drilled a little hole in one of Big Fat Jeffrey's big fat thumbnails, no? Of course not. Huh? I said, of course not. You drilled a hole in the dentist? Denise, no, I didn't. I thought it was kind of funny myself, but he wants to press charges, so we're going to have to bring you in, I'm afraid. You might be wondering, Frances McDormand doesn't sound like an Oscar-winning actress in that particular clip. (laughs) (laughs) That is because, actually, spoiler alert, she had been to the dentist. And spoiler alert, yeah, that hole in the dentist's thumb probably was caused by her, so... (laughs) It's um, if you don't like expletives in a movie, then you don't want to watch Frances McDormand's performance because she is dropping the f bomb left, right, and centre in this. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, and it, but it's so brilliantly done. Woody Harrelson is so compassionate in here, and Sam Rockwell is so dislikable in this movie as well. <laughs> There's everything, and it all happens in this tiny town in the middle of nowhere, and it's an explosive performance from every single person in this, and especially. Francis McDormand and it's an explosive movie in itself. I mean it's literally explosive at one point. There are literal explosions at yeah. one point in this in a moment of genu- of actual, you know, physical catharsis of literal explosive catharsis as well as, you know, character for the character arc. Um, so the supporting cast in there as well, uh, John Hawkes, uh, Samara Weaving in a small but yeah. actually quite impressive role, Peter Dinklage as well, uh, Caleb Landry Jones, just a terrific cast all round. Um, even, uh, who is the actress I can't stand? from Limitless and uh, Abby Cornish. Abby Cornish from Limitless and, and things like that. She actually turns out to be pretty decent in this as well, even though I still can't understand why they just randomly cast an Australian actress to play a sheriff's wife in the middle of Missouri. But, uh, you know, other than that, genuinely brilliant film. I'm a big fan of, of McDonough anyway, and this, I think, is probably his strongest work yet. And I say that as someone who thinks In Bruges is one of the best comedies ever made. Well, there we go. So that is your Saturday night sorted. That's on Channel 4, 9.15pm. Set your record button. Do not miss it. Enjoy it on your Saturday night. It is one of the best of the last few years. Now, moving on to something that's a little bit earlier in terms of its uh, timing in which the film came out, but it's also a little bit earlier on your screens as well. On Sunday night, we've got The Losers on ITV4 at 8pm, haven't we, Van? So this is uh, this is the 2009-2010 comic book adaptation by Sylvain White. This stars uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Chris Evans, uh, Idris Elba, Jason Patrick, Zoe Saldana. This is basically, the, the thing about this movie is this came out at the same time as the film adaptation of The A-Team. And they both have the exact same plot. They are a team of, you know, elite mercenaries for hire who, you know, get double-crossed and have to use their skill set to clear their name. Uh, in this case, they are led by... Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, it, it is all about the wacky comic book personalities in there. There's, there's more members of the team as well, played by more unknown actors. Uh, it's all about Jeffrey Dean Morgan. It's all about uh, uh, Zoe Saldana. Uh, Idris Elba gets something of, a, of, of an interesting arc, a sort of a taciturn turn, turncoat main, uh, member of the team. But of course, the scene stealer is a sort of pre-Captain America Chris Evans as the team's hacker and resident let's just say, woman-obsessed wise-ass, as you'll hear when they try to commandeer a military helicopter. 
Space One, this is Cavalier 415. We've been in a collision with a civilian vehicle. We need medevac immediately. Roger, Cavalier 415. Robert De Niro, who? We're scrambling a job. Jensen, shut up. You shut up, Roke. You're dead. I'm spinal injury. Spinal injury can talk. Space One, this is Medvac Delta. We have visual on Cavalier 415. Here we go. Alright, buddy. We're gonna get you patched up in no time. Oh my god. Hi. What's your name? So the interesting thing about this is this came out just before Glee did. And Glee, when that came out, I don't remember monopolized the song Don't Stop Believing with its first episode. Uh, this movie features an absolutely brilliant sequence involving Chris Evans, a sniper, and that song that has to be seen to be believed. When you talk about Chris Evans pre-Captain America, I mean, he's one of those people, I think, you know, stepping away from the Marvel franchise is going to have a really bright mm. career because he turned he's turned his hand to some really clever parts, this being one of them, but also Knives Out as well. You see him in a mm. completely different light. So he's a really great actor. If you see Chris Evans in a movie, he's made a clever choice and he's doing a brilliant role. So he hasn't let us down yet. And I think this is just only going to be better. So listen, watch it. It's on ITV4, 8pm, The Losers. If you don't like the A-Team, I don't think a lot of us like the A-Team when that came out. <laughs> good alternative for you. Um, so, yeah, so that's a good one. Uh, moving on to Monday, we've got oh, one of the best movies here. We have oh, yes. Face Off, Sony Movies, 9pm, Travolta, Cage, Two Faces, maybe four. Um, and it's just brilliant. So this was the third American feature from uh, director John Woo, the third American directorial feature from John Woo, who had made his American debut with Hard Target, followed that up with uh, Broken Arrow, starring John Travolta and Christian Slater, and then reunited with Travolta to film this, opposite Nicolas Cage. This script had been around for a long time. It had originally started life as an out-and-out sci-fi action film. Uh, there had been attempts to star uh, Stallone and Schwarzenegger. There have been attempts to star Van Damme and Seagal. There have been attempts to star Michael Douglas and Clint Eastwood, I think, at one point. And then Michael Douglas stayed on as producer when they finally got to this. You can still see Michael Douglas's name over the brilliant opening credits in which Nicolas Cage plays the world's most psychotic priest. However, he's not a priest. He is the international terrorist Caster Troy, who is uh, taken down by his arch nemesis, FBI agent Sean Archer, just as he's placed a bomb in downtown LA. In order to find the bomb, Sean Archer utilizes a unique, revolutionary, one-of-a-kind surgical procedure to lift the face off of Caster Troy, place it atop his own, and go undercover to, to find the location of the bomb. However, Caster then wakes up, utilizes his goons to basically take Sean's face, put it over his own, and now the cop is the criminal, the criminal is the cop, and of course, they're gonna face off. I don't know what I hate wearing worse. Your face or your body? I mean, I enjoy boning your wife, but uh, well, let's face it, we both like it better the other way, yes? So why don't we just trade back? You can't give back what you've taken from me. Oh, well. Plan B. Let's just kill each other. 
Oh, do you know what? Either one of these two actors could have so played <laughs> a maniacal villain. And I loved how this played out. I love seeing Travolta in this role. He's 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 spine-tinglingly scary as a villain. And you know what? I also think that you need a real visionary director to pull this off in such a great way. And John Woo has done that incredibly With doves. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's great, there's great, great, um, uh, great kind of performances. And also it's just a film that you can watch again and again on this. So that is Face Off. That's on Sony Movies, 9pm. We're going to come back very shortly with even more movies on TV to see your week through. And now it's time for a segment we like to call Offscreen Pays the Bills. So this week we'd like to thank our sponsors, The Pop Culture Show. It's a great show to check out. The Pop Culture Show with Barnes, Leslie and Cubby. Much like we cover movies, these guys cover it all. They cover the latest pop culture news like TV, movies, gadgets, celebrity news, the works. And of your host, you've got Barnes, who's a, a pop culture junkie and an actor. You've seen in things like Irresistible. I know him from Prison Break back in the day. There's Leslie, who's a power executive cable TV network. She is properly on it with all the Hollywood gossip, all the actors, musicians, personalities all of that and then you got Cubby who's a morning show personality on uh, one of the top radio stations in New York he knows everything and he properly pulls in some good guests they've known each other for a while he kind of shows in the dynamic of it I actually listen to this show myself now and it's, it's a good listen it's right up my alley it's kind of got everything I like in a podcast it's a pretty solid selection of pop culture goss from all over the show bit of variety some good banter listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts that's the pop culture show with Barnes, Leslie and Cubby check them out Welcome back to Off Screen, and we're going to keep you on that couch for more movies on Freeview. So, over to Tuesday then, Miss Perfect. What should we watch next? Oh, do you know what? This is one of my favourite sort of British stories um, that I've seen in quite a while. Um, Eddie the Eagle is on Film 4, 6.55pm. <laughs> Performances from Taron Egerton and also as, well, he plays Eddie and then also Hugh Jackman as well, who plays his coach in this. This is a real story of Eddie the Eagle. Um, I think his surname's Edwards, Eddie Edwards. Edwards, Eddie Edwards, yeah. yeah. Eddie Edwards, um, who is like the most unusual hopeful for the Olympics or ski <laughs> jump. Um, and it's his story of how he kind of became this iconic Olympian. It's it's quite incredible. And do you know what? I think Taron Egerton, again, another clever, clever person, uh, clever actor who just picks brilliant roles to really showcase what he can do. It's a really, really fun watch. Mum, where's my purple rucksack? Under the stairs. Thank you. Are you going camping? No. Going to Germany. Coach Stephen very soon. Sorry, Dad, I've got to get on them slopes. Oh, no, not this again, no. Excuse me. Hang on. What am I going to tell your plastering teacher? Tell him I've made new plans. New plans? What plans? I'm going to be an Olympic ski jumper. No. This is some kind of joke, right? Dad, it's not like I'm taking up ballet. It's still skiing. It's just a bit higher. You name me one, one but a ski jumper. Me. Eddie Edwards. There we go. And do you know what? I think 
A, an underdog story is always so brilliant to watch. It's got that real British humour behind it as well. And the relationship between Eddie, Eddie the Eagle and also his coach, played by Hugh Jackman, is lovely to see out as well. And also it just kind of covers loads of things. Like people didn't believe in him. He was a little bit bullied. He kind of triumphs over that. And yeah, he becomes the one ski jumper we all remember. Well, this is the interesting thing, because I haven't seen this since it came out. I know you're a huge, huge fan of it. why I was so happy to be able to pick this. Because obviously it's been on TV a bunch, but it always clashes or something. Else, yes, I finally get to give back to this. Um, I feel like because you said about the British sense of humour, this is directed by Dexter Fletcher and obviously stars Taron Edgerton. And you feel like this is almost the training ground for what would become Rocket Man in a sense as well. So there's a, a sort of an evolutionary lineage going on there as well. I'll tell you what, Dexter Fletcher's come a long way since Press Gang in the early 90s. <laughs> um, he is, like, I, loved, I loved it when he directed Wild Bill. Um, he just did a fantastic job there. He obviously his took debut, on... debut, wasn't it? It was his debut. He's done films like this. He took on the directing role after Brian Singer left Bohemian Rhapsody and cleaned a load of stuff up. Mm. Rocket Man as well. We're looking forward to seeing what he's going to be doing next. But if you want to kind of see his great work, then Eddie the Eagle is one of my favourite movies out there. It's a good, feel-good movie. It's on Film 4, 6.55pm on Tuesday. Definitely worth a watch. On Wednesday, then, something that's uh, less feel-good, more kick-ass. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> Nicolas Cage in a Jerry Bruckheimer film, which is always a good thing in my oh, book. Yeah. Uh, 2000 Effort, directed by Dominic Senna. And this stars, and I, I reel off the cast for you before we started recording, because I'm very proud of the fact that I remember most of this. This co-stars Angela Jolie, Robert Duvall, Christopher Eccleston, Delroy Lindo, Chi McBride, Vinnie Jones, Giovanni Ribisi, Scott Kahn. Um, I feel like, did I say Timothy Oliphant? I think he's in there as I well. So I've gotten say, this to... I wanted you to say McGee, but it wasn't McGee. It was someone else. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a loose, re very loose reworking of a film from the 50s, from 1954, I think. It is uh, gone in 60 seconds. Basically, the plot is in order to save his brother's life at the hands of a murderous gangster, played by Christopher pre-Doctor Who Christopher Eccleston, uh, basically a reformed car thief, Randall Reigns, aka Memphis Reigns, has to steal 50 cars in one night. I didn't do it for the money. I did it for the cars. Gleaming in marina blue, sunfire yellow, marble red, begging to be plucked. And I'd do it. I'd boost her and just blast Palm Springs, instantly feeling better about being me. Now, speaking of movies that you haven't seen since it came out, this is one of those ones for me. I, I mean, this is like a real blast from the past, but I remember it being the coolest thing ever when it came out, and I was far too young to watch it as well. <laughs> This, I think, was was the first blockbuster role, I think, really for Angelina Jolie, because she just won the Oscar, I think, earlier that year for Girl Interrupted. This came out that summer and was a huge deal. And I think a year later, we had Tomb Raider. And I think people remember her winning the Oscar and then being Tomb Raider. They seem to forget that this happened in between, which is strange, because I know so many women who had their first girl crush on Angelina in this movie, because she's such an icon in it. Yeah, I mean, beautiful, brilliantly acted. Nick Cage as well you just heard from that clip his voice it's like it sends you off to another time it feels like it should be mid 90s you know it's our favorite kind of genre yeah. that's where it feels like it should sit but anyway gone in 60 it's the brook factor 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. So Gone in 60 Seconds, if you haven't watched it for a good 20 odd years, you need to kind of sit down on Wednesday and give it your full attention. So that is on Sony Movies 9pm as well. Let's move on to Thursday. Bad Samaritan on the Horror Channel at 9pm. Favourite of yours, Van? Uh, to be honest with you, this is more worth it for the sort of the notability of it. It's a very weird film. This came out of nowhere about three years ago, just after the release of Geostorm, which itself had been delayed for about two years. Now, Geostorm was the, was originally the directorial debut of Dean Devlin, one half of the Independence Day production duo who gave us, you know, Stargate, Godzilla, things like that. Uh, he was meant to make his debut with uh, Geostorm. That got faffed around the release schedule because of reshoots and things like that. And this then became his directorial debut. And it's very, very weird because you wouldn't think in any way he was involved with this. It's kind of a poor man's don't breathe. So you've got a car valet played by Robert Sheehan, who also stars in Geostorm, who, you know, is part of this scam whereby, you know, they work the car valet at a restaurant, they take the cars, they read the registration, they go to the person's house while they're having dinner and they rob them. And one night, the person they choose as their mark, unbeknownst to them, happens to be a psychopath, played by David Tennant with the worst American accent you've ever heard. Welcome to Nino's, sir. Let's paddle shift, so don't go breaking the ears off thinking it's your granny's Vauxhall. Anyone smokes anything near my car, we'll have a problem. Try not to sweat, you smell like a drum circle. For God's sake, don't park under any freaking trees, huh? That, that's a beautiful car, sir. Yeah, don't touch it. I don't know if it's that bad an accent. It sounds a bit like Matthew Perry. <laughs> He's he's pretty terrible. And like I say, it is a poor man's don't breathe, but as a schlocky sort of, you know, 90-minute, you know, killer thriller goes, it's fine, I guess. Nothing to write home about, but it's a perfectly enjoyable waste of a Thursday evening. I I saw that he, or heard that he struggled with the word Vauxhall (laughs) in America. (laughs) Could you imagine trying to say Vauxhall in an American accent? I know I couldn't. Vauxhall, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's doing better. He's doing it better than any of us. Like you say, like a schlocky kind of horror, fun for a Thursday night, throwaway movie. Not a bad thing, huh? Not at all. But you know what's a very, very good thing? And I'm very, very happy we get to end the week with this. One of my favourite comedies. I make no apologies. Yes, I like a bit of low-hanging fruit occasionally. I like a bit of baseline, broad, crass, mainstream comedy. This was my birthday movie in 2012. I was overjoyed by it. I'm a huge fan of it. I think the sequel's decent, but not a patch on the first. And it is, of course, Seth MacFarlane's directorial debut, starring Mark Wahlberg and MacFarlane himself in voice form. It is none other than Ted. How's work? Sucks. Yeah. You? Yeah, you know, not bad, actually. I, I met a girl. She's a cashier. No way, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we should double date or something. You, me, and Laurie, and uh, well, what's her name? White trash name, guess. Mandy. Nope. Marilyn. Nope. Brittany. Nope. Tiffany. Nope. Candace. Nope. Don't f*** me on this. Do you see me f- with you. I'm not, All right, speed round. I'm going to rattle off some names when I hit you, it, buzz it, okay? I will tell you. You got me? Yeah. All right, Brandy, Heather, Channing, Brianna, Amber, Sabrina, Melody, Dakota, Sierra, Bambi, Crystal, Samantha, Autumn, Ruby, Taylor, Tara, Tammy, Lauren, Charlene, Chantel, Courtney, Misty, Jenny, Krista, Mindy, Noel, Shelby, Trina, Reba, Cassandra, Nikki, Kelsey, Shauna, Jolene, Erling, Claudine, Savannah, Casey, Dolly, Kendra, Kali, Chloe, Devin, Emily, Becky. Nope. Wait, was it any one of those names with a Lynn after it? Yes. Oh, I got you. Okay. Brandy Lynn, Hevelyn, Ch- Tammy Lynn. <laughs> Give Mark Wahlberg an Oscar for that list. I mean, he 
mean, that is amazing. Um, I've two. I've, well, I've he two... remembered it. Apparently, he remembered that off. The, he came up with that list off the top of his head. I remember reading somewhere. Yeah, shut up! That is insane. That's amazing. I look. I like my low-hanging fruit as well. I love this movie it is so trashy and bad and brilliant at the same time now i've got two questions about this is it ted one or ted two that has the flash gordon cameo and uh, it flashes in both movies the big stuff with Flash is in the first one but yeah. sam jones does also appear in the second do you know what? For me, I love Flash Gordon and I like having this come back. I was like, they've got everything from every, like every nostalgic comedic point in on this movie. It's fantastic. What was your, what was your second question? Well, on. My second question was, is this the movie that kind of relaunched Mark Wahlberg again? Uh, because I, like for a more mainstream audience because I know around this time there was Ted there was Pain and Gain as well another fantastic movie uh, that he started mm. and putting him in the kind of forefront of a lot of people's minds I feel like Ted kind of did that again but I'm, I could be wrong on that I think more than anything this was the film that I think repackaged Mark Wahlberg as a suitable comedic presence as well because yeah. he had descended into sort of mid sort of that halfway between drama and action kind of a category yeah, he sort of fallen yeah. into that well uh, and also he was known for his David O. Russell films and he was coming out with things like Lone Survivor and things like he would go on to a relationship with Peter Berg that would give us things like Deepwater Horizon and Patriot's Day but this at the beginning of that solidified Wahlberg as a comedic presence this would then give rise to things like uh, Daddy's Home as well an instant family I think it's a really really good time I think it's a very underrated film do you know what? This film is is worth a, a rewatch. In fact, I'm putting that. That's my Friday night sorted. Nine o'clock ITV two. What a way to end the week! It's fantastic. It's brilliant to see that. Um, I, it, that's got me really energised because I just remember how funny that movie is. So listen, guys, you've got your movies on TV all sorted from Saturday all the way through to the following Friday. You and. As ever, we have promised you a great selection of movies and I have to tip my hat to Van for pulling those ones together this week because they are absolutely fantastic. So, guys, stick with us. Coming up next, we've got DVDs, Blu-rays and also all of your streaming options. And we're back for one last ride on off-screen, and where better to take you than, well, back to the couch? Largely through a lack of options, admittedly, but you know what? We have got some DVDs, we have got some Blu-rays, and there's a boatload of streaming platforms out there to sift through as well. So should we start on DVD and Blu-ray, Miss Perfect? We've got some uh, some new offerings coming uh, this coming Monday, 20th of July. Uh, one that we talked about quite recently, I think, was uh, The Assistant. The one that I think we both agreed was very Steven Soderbergh, I think we said at the time. Yeah, but not quite up there as a Soderbergh. He's kind of got all the mechanics of it, um, but it doesn't sort of tell you or give you anything. You kind of just watch, <laughs> which is kind of frustrating. <laughs> um, so The Assistant is the story of a young intern into a movie uh, company. Um, there's something slightly Weinstein-esque about, like, you know, a young intern maybe like... Yes, quite. Yeah, moving into somewhere like Miramax. The boss you don't really ever see. He's loud he's abusive he's very difficult to work for but actually she's trying to find her way and i think the idea of being part of a film company is not as glamorous as it seems and that's the premise of this movie and it takes place over a 24-hour period as well um 
To be honest, it, it, my take on this was that I, I get frustrated when not a lot of stuff happens in a movie. Um, yeah, another feeling. Because it did feel like I was watching it for 24 hours. <laughs> That's how I will say this, though, it does start. It does start Matthew McFadden supporting Ron. I know you're a fan of Succession at the moment. Yes. So he's obviously a name that'd be uh, quite known around your house. Yeah, absolutely, and I prefer him much more in Succession, but he's got a nice little cameo here as kind of a, not a career guidance or a counsellor kind of role, but he's sort of in HR, but actually doesn't really help very much either. But brilliant actor. Well, I think the uh, the, the, the key the key elements to this film are largely the, the central performance from Julia Garner, who I think is better than the material she's got to work with. Uh, but also, it's uh, directorially, it's quite interesting to look at. It is very rooted in Soderberghian sensibilities, and I think because of that style, because of that almost girlfriend experience, kind of like tone, that stark uh, Soderberghian tone, that does prove uh, prove impressive. And this is uh, written and directed by Kitty Green, who uh, directed, I think it was Casting Jean Benet a few years ago. So you can check that out. It's on DVD uh, from Monday. But you know what is on DVD, and I've been really looking forward to talking about this with you, Bex. Yeah. There is a film coming out on DVD on Monday. I'm Blu-ray, obviously. We didn't get to talk about this because it didn't get a theatrical release. I don't think it... I think it did get a VO, limited VOD release, very quiet VOD release. It's called The Fanatic. It stars Jean Travolta. It stars Devon Sauer. It is written by, produced by, and directed by, and I swear to God I'm not making this up, Fred Durst. And, <laughs> and I, have, I, have seen, I have seen all the one-star reviews for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so much, it's so much fun. Right, so this movie stars John Travolta as, you know those guys who hang out uh, outside the Chinese theatre in LA, the ones in costume? Yep, he's, yep. Yeah, he's the one. He's one of the ones who's dressed as an English Bobby, which means you do get to see John Travolta putting on the worst Mockney accent you've ever heard. Oi, oi, governor! And uh, he is also an obsessive fan of a movie star played by Devon Sauer, and he becomes his stalker. This obviously then escalating increasingly until it reaches murderous degrees. There's a brilliant moment in this movie in which uh, Devon Sauer is driving along with his uh, with his son, and a Limp Biscuit song comes on the radio, and the movie stops dead so that Devon Sauer can talk about how, oh wow, I've forgotten how much I. Love this song. Wow, these guys were amazing back in the day. You're thinking, wow, that is actually not even the most self-exploitative Fred Durst has ever been. So, interesting. This is also a movie, and I swear to God this is true, that opens John Travolta's entire dialogue with the line, I have to poo. So, I think that kind of tells you everything you need to know about the movie. John Travolta has summed it up for us there with his very, very first line. It's awful, it's awful, but you've got to see it. It's actually awful fun. So, oh, I was going to ask the question, is it so bad that it's good? Basically, yes. That's, a, that, that's how you've got to go with it. But uh, let's move over to streaming then. And one that's not awful in any way, but also very, very good. Uh, Black Klansman is uh, reaching Netflix next Friday, July the 24th. And we were both huge fans of this. We did we covered this on Oscar night together as well. Yeah, I, I love this film. Again, it's our man Adam Driver, you know, doing a fantastic role in here uh, also is it is it um it's not uh oh it's not denzel's son that's in this it's donald glover isn't it, it is it's john Dave john no it's john david ah. washington in this john david washington son of denzel i'll tell you what i'll, I'll give you i'll give you a little snippet because he's even got his dad's voice well i'm not risking my life to prevent some rednecks from lighting a couple sticks on fire this is the job what's your problem that's my problem for you it's a crusade hmm. for me it's a job it's not personal nor should it be why haven't you bought into this why should i because you're Jewish, brother. The so-called chosen people. You've been passing for a wasp. White Anglo-Saxon Protestant, cherry pie hot dog white boy. Hmm. It's 
what some light-skinned black folks do. They pass for white. Doesn't that hatred you've been hearing the Klan say, doesn't that piss you off? Of course it does. Then why are you acting like you ain't got skin in the game, brother? Rookie, that's my business. It's our business. So in a nutshell, this movie is about a black man who works for the FBI or the or the, the police. And uh, it's in- the Colorado Springs Police Department, I think. Yeah, Colorado Springs Police Department. And he infiltrates the Ku Klux Klan. So that concept in itself is absolutely bizarre. But it's done so cleverly, obviously with the help of Adam Driver in this. But do you know what? For me, I always remember at the end of this movie, they put up some real footage. And Mm. that hits you like a ton of bricks when you watch that at the end. So I'm not going to say anything more than that because I don't want to spoil it for you. But I would just say be prepared on that. This is a very powerful yet incredibly funny movie. And it's worth your time. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely worth your time. I can't believe, yeah, it's on Netflix. It's going to be, oh, this is the movie that you'll want to go and watch and watch and watch and watch and learn something from. Well, this is the interesting thing, obviously, because Netflix obviously recently launched to Five Bloods, which was uh, Spike Lee's uh, follow-up, really, to this. This this was his his, his follow-up project. Uh, so having Black Klansman and a Five Bloods on there, which both have that same kind of ending, incidentally. Mm. Very, very interesting double bill, and even with the humour and things like that. I would recommend doing them as a double bill, but I think do them the other way around, because I think Black Klansman's a little lighter and frothier and more fun under five bloods but both are absolutely excellent uh let's move over to amazon prime then Uh, same day i mean all of our films on streaming this week all come out on july the 24th uh next friday so let's talk then uh how to build a girl is making its uh, uk making its premiere anywhere really this is going to appear on amazon prime this is based on uh caitlin moran's uh best-selling novel which is in and of itself kind of semi-autobiographical this stars beanie feldstein who i'm a big fan of you know going back to book smarts yes yeah, she's one of my favourites as well. So she is. Um, who's her brother? It's um, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill, yes. And you never knew this because they, they're not sharing the same stage surname on this. So they are um, sharing the same face, though. It does. Seem. Well, now, but when you when you realise that, you realise they're sharing the same face, but it doesn't quite. Talk, yeah. It's not obvious at the beginning. But she is such a force to be reckoned with. She's so smart talking. She's funny. She obviously you can mm. tell once you get to know her. What, the, the, the Hill family, shall we say, or the Felston family, they are brilliantly in terms of their delivery and their acting credibilities and stuff as well. So, listen, she's brilliant in this. How to Build a Girl. Caitlin Moran, I quite like her writing as well. So I'd be interested to see how this plays out on um, on Amazon Prime as well as a movie. Uh, interesting, yeah. Interesting as well. And you've also got Paddy Considine on there as well, which automatically sells the movie to me, if I'm really honest. Yeah. So uh, definitely worth checking out. And uh, last but certainly by no means least, uh, one that we have talked about in different forms uh, quite a bit over recent months because it was one of the uh, what I think it was it was one of the last films out before lockdown kicked in and it got kind of shuffled around because of that I think it made its debut on VOD uh, and has now gone to streaming this is of course a radioactive starring Rosamund Pike as Marie Curie um, and of course is the story of uh, Marie Curie's work in work in the medical profession um, how her science was regarded as the treatment of soldiers how it affected her relationship with 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 men, how the world and the press and the media perceived her. Real powerhouse performance from uh, Rosamund Pike. You've been frowning at that all week. And observing. What are you looking for? I find it easier to observe when I'm not talking. I measure uranium and I discover less radiations than I do in its ore. The ore is more powerful than the element. Exactly. 
and I can't there quite work. There must be work. some anomaly in the results. I've run the same test six times. I get identical results. My instinct is that there is another element that's skewing the results. You think you've found an undiscovered element? If you're laughing at me, then I'm... No, I'm not laughing at you. That's exciting. Do you know what? This is a film that I think you might listen to that trail, that clip and kind of go, and eh, probably not for me. It's interesting. I didn't really know is, the yeah. story of, of Marie Curie like in depth. And this gives you that real understanding of it. It's The acting's fine. It's OK. It's nothing groundbreaking in terms of its form or its performances. But it is worth a watch at the same time. Oh, definitely so. It's a very stylish film as well. And also, I'm, I'm a big fan of period piece science. Like, you show me a movie about Tesla or something like that. I mean, the movie with Ethan Hawke's playing Tesla soon because, you know, we've not seen enough of that guy depicted in film in recent <laughs> years. Although, for being really honest, you can't top David Bowie, can you? No, of course not. Of course not. But you know what? Like I say, like if you're up for learning something, uh, Rosamund Pike, as always, is brilliant in her movies. And she's perfect casting for this. And we see it kind of all the way through. It's quite a linear directional uh, story I suppose you don't really see anything that sort of wows you but what it does do is keep you on a steady track towards kind of understanding one of our world's greatest scientists and greatest discoveries as well so that is uh, Radioactive that's on Amazon Prime from Friday that sort of tops off our streaming list for today and you know what guys if whether or not you're sat on the couch you're thinking I want to buy something and watch it on digital you've got two great opportunities there with Clemency and Come As You Are you've got loads of movies on TV for you and of course you've got some great DVD Blu-ray and streaming offerings as well our recommendation for the streaming side would definitely be Black Klansman though you want to check that out and if you want to see something that's so bad that it's good of course there's always The Fanatic as well oh yeah but but that wraps us up for another week here on Off Screen we'll be back next week with more movies movies for you on your seven day guide to everything movies on the couch Uh, so for now I've been Bex Perfect I've been Van Connor and we shall return